This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. This is Emily, and we're missing Jen very much. She's on her wonderful honeymoon in Thailand. I wanted to, first of all, thank you all for tuning in again. And give you a heads up. You've all been amazing to stick with us if we figured out our shitty, shitty sound quality. We think we have it figured out, but we wanted to give you a heads up that some of these episodes were pre-recorded. So this last one isn't the best sound. We have it figured out now. We swear we're making it all right for you and wanted to thank you to stick with us. Now get ready for this episode. Love ya. Hello. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We're Em and Jen. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about therapy. Therapy 101. The therapy process. And we have, like, one of our all-time favorite people here. Say hi. Hi. This is Brandon Simbio. She is an LMFT. And also, okay, so when you're in grad school to become a therapist, you have to do, like, a bunch of fucking hours. And then after grad school, we got to do a bunch of more fucking hours and, like, be in supervision this whole time. And Bryn was our supervisor and has made us into a lot of therapists that we are today. Aww. So this is, like, a huge honor for us that you're so- Nice. I'm so excited to be here, and it's like my little kids are growing up. <laughs> she also has little babies. She hates when we call her our supervisor now. She's like, I'm not your supervisor anymore. I know. No. We're peers. We're we peers. Put, I know, but it's hard when you put someone up on a pedestal to get them back down. We're again. still there. I, it's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Part of me is okay with that. <laughs> right? It's nice to be idolized. It, it is. Right? It's good for the ego. Okay, so uh, Brynn has a private practice. I do. Yeah, Brynn, introduce yourself. Yes. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I specialize in working with addicted clients. So anyone that's been impacted by addictions, whether it's um, you're currently in a relationship with someone who is in active addiction or in recovery, you were raised by parents who were you know, actively using, or you yourself struggle with some measure of substance abuse. 
So that's probably about 80% of the clients that I see in addition to um, like family conflict and things like that. And you own a private practice. Yeah. So, so tell us about your private practice, how people can find you if they feel connected to you today. So they can find me a couple different ways. One is through my website, which is www.therapywithbrynn.com. <laughs> and they could also look me up on Psychology Today or on Facebook. And on we'll Instagram. post you and we'll make sure all of we'll our pages posted cool. from us. If anyone wants to head, uh, check over at Trick Chicks, we will make sure that Bryn is easily Found. And she also has some wonderful clinicians working on the I do. Yes. I do. So can't get with her. We will find you someone amazing. But if you're in the area, Brent is the best. And also, you brought a buddy with you today. Oh, you didn't, did. you didn't roll in to record solo. Yeah, Who's I, with you? I did not. My little baby, Michael. And what number is that for you? <laughs> <laughs> what number is In Michael? our home, Michael is number four. And he's actually four months old. He just turned four months old last weekend. Oh, so, yeah, four is the magic number. We hope. We'll see. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, we were saying earlier, it's going to be 19 kids and counting. I know. I know. And, but, They'll and, all be therapists. You, we'll be safe over the world. Are you teaching this semester? No, no. Okay, so, so, actually, so I stopped teaching for LaSalle. Um, last summer, I want to say, was my okay. last semester there. So that worked out really well um, because I ended up getting pregnant with Michael. Mm-hmm. And, you know, But I do miss it. I do love teaching. And I've also been doing training. So in January, I'm doing a training in conjunction with the Center for Families. That's going to be at the Bryn Mawr location on treating addicted families. That's awesome. And then I just got an email the other day from the state, from the Pennsylvania Certification Board, for their annual conference in May, I'm doing a training there on working with substance abuse clients and grief and loss. Oh, we wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. We had to have Bryn on for this episode because Bryn and I have a group chat. And one of the things that we talk about in our group chat is, like, some of the things we'll hear about other therapists or people trying to figure out stuff in the field or just bullshit we see online. It's such a stereotype. And so Bryn was the perfect guest to be on for the subject. There's also a ton of misconceptions about what therapy is. And we figured we could just have a discussion on the podcast about what therapy looks like. And we wanted Bryn to chime in because she has some amazing ideas. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so more. So first, I think one of the really important things we talk about is some of the red flags you might find in a therapist. Because I, you find a therapist can sometimes be like dating. Well, I, yeah. So you definitely have to find someone that you connect with, and a couple of things that. I think are really important to consider. I was on Instagram the other day and there was a meme or gif. I don't know what these things are anymore. Memes, like gifs. Is, is it gifs? Like it in gif? No yeah. Is I it gif? Oh, you just, you oh, really, you really just aged yourself with an e-card. A just blue mountain <laughs> An e-card. Yeah. <laughs> but there was like a, a telegram. Were you there when the internet telegram. was invented? Yeah. So I had a Nokia cell phone <laughs> and yes. the biggest, yeah. um, benefit of having a Nokia cell phone was you could play Snake on it. Yes, that was the oh, best. Well, yeah. I had one, and the white one was like long. the prettiest one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had my first phone was a Razor that came out. That was your first phone? I don't even you know, know the Razor is. is coming back? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea. That's how young I am and how much older you No, the are. Nokia. Yeah, but you're like, I know. It's <laughs> like a year. <laughs> I used to have the Nokia phone, and I would go, you know, those little kiosks in the mall. You could get, like, these light-up antennas. 
Oh, you had the accessories. Oh, that's cool. Look at that. Okay, and Jen is still rocking accessories. That I am. So, funny that we're talking about phones because on this meme whatever thing, it had a list of red flags for your therapist and one was being on the phone and I thought to myself like calling or texting like that's a thing I guess but I'm like is that even I guess it has to be a thing to the point where someone put it on their Instagram post right that said, this is a problem if your therapist does this. Your therapist should never be on their phone unless maybe they're quickly pulling something up to show you. If I maybe, ever, if there yeah. will be times I will pull my phone out to be like, I'm pulling up an article right. that we can you talk about. Right but if, if your therapist is on their phone doing something personal on right. your time that you're paying for, no, that's an issue. I completely agree. And also one of the reasons why I will not get an Apple Watch. Because I don't want on my wrist it going off all the time. So I'll I'll be truthful, though. What I do have, though, is I do have a Fitbit Mm. that will um, alert me if my phone is ringing. And the only reason why I have that on is because my daughter is now in full-time kindergarten. And so if there's an emergency at the school, it'll ring a couple different times from the school. But I can just quickly glance down and see if it's letters that are coming up because it will have her school name or if it's a phone number that I don't know and then I can ignore it. But. But I don't think people even really notice when that's happening. And not to mention, her school's never called yet. Right. So, so it's not like general guideline, if your therapist is texting or calling during your session, maybe that shouldn't be your therapist anymore. Is that where to sort of put that out there? I don't think they should be anyone's therapist. No. <laughs> <laughs> because we're just going to be truthful. Because if you think about yes. it, you're paying for that time. Yes. Right. And if they are on their phone, they are taking up your time to do whatever personal stuff, unless it's an emergency, obviously. I mean, I can imagine a scenario, right? If we don't want to do total black and white thinking, I can imagine a scenario where you sit down and the therapist says to you, listen, my mother's in surgery today. Oh, right. right. I'm going to have my phone out. But, like, it should be communicated yes. and completely transparent with you. Right. Right? That's the difference in the situation. Right. No, I completely agree. Absolutely. And speaking of that, like, when there are family things happening, so I'm just thinking about when my dad was dying. Yeah. He was in the ICU for seven weeks, right? So there would be definite times where I would get bad news in between session and I'd have to pull myself together. But when my client comes in, it's all for my client. Right. My client, and during that time, my clients knew what was happening because I sometimes had to cancel last minute to go to the hospital and things like that. Um, So they would ask, like, how's your dad doing? And I'd say, oh, okay, you know, hoping for the best or whatever. But if I had gotten some bad news and then I had a client coming in, I'm not sitting down and saying, oh, my God, let me tell you everything that just happened in the last 45 minutes and make this session all about me. So I think you need to have this balance as a therapist where you want to – share parts of yourself with your client. I think that's really crucial for the therapeutic relationship. Your clients are going to know things about you just because you're human. And that human component is so crucial to the work being done. If you don't trust your therapist and that relationship isn't there, you're you're really not going to go anywhere with the work, but you really, it should not be all about you. So So my, like, I had a baby, my dad died, my sister got married, I had another baby. Like, a lot of things have happened in my life since I've been working in private practice. And people will ask, and they're sweet, and they'll say, oh, can I see a picture of the baby, or how was the wedding? And I'm like, oh, it was great. But it's no more than four minutes, and then we're diving into the work about you. Absolutely. I always go over my 15 minutes. I know I shouldn't, but I do. So you're really getting a little extra. (laughs) So so that brings up a really good point, because I think that's another thing to discuss, is how much self-disclosure of a therapist feels, you know, like a right amount in therapy, and that there's no clear answer there. 
Well, but I think there's some, I think there's definitely some guidelines, right? right? So there may not be a clear answer as far as what you can share, but I don't think your client should know when you feel mom guilt. Mm, I don't really think your client should know when you and your spouse have had an argument. Right. Um, I don't think your client should know all the dynamics of your Thanksgiving table and who's coming, who's not, the drama, all of that stuff. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing, it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Um, there are certain things they're going to know about you automatically just by looking at you or just by interacting with you, whether like if you're, you're ever, married or not, or age yeah. or right, things like that. When I was first starting out in grad school, I shadowed a therapist who was doing an evaluation on someone and it was really apparent that the client was at minimum 30 years older than this therapist. Mm-hmm. And so in trying to engage, the client said to the therapist, oh, how old are you? Just making very casual conversation. And the therapist replied with, this isn't about me. 
this is about you. I felt sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. The entire room changed. Yeah. The client completely shut down, and I thought, wow. A, it was pretty obvious that there was a big age gap. I don't think the client was asking in any way other than just to have a casual conversation yeah, because it right. was an uncomfortable situation. Well, to be at Thanksgiving dinner and somebody saying, what's your major? Right? Like, they're not trying to, like, really, like, talk about that. They're just making conversations. Exactly. Right? People are trying exactly. to connect. And we're humans. And I think right. that when it's so one-sided, it's very uncomfortable. You know, being on the client side, mm-hmm. they want pieces of who yeah. you are in order right. to feel more connected to Well, you. it's already uneven. Yeah. yeah. Right? So the client's coming in saying, hey, I'm in a place where I need some support, I need some guidance, I need some help, and I'm looking to you as the expert. So you're already starting out in this one-up position right. as the therapist. So anything you can do, you know, if you really want to like throw it back to like Carl Rogers, right? Anything you can do to really like be person centered, to connect with your clients and to really make it more of an even playing field as you can while respecting boundaries and maintaining that position of being the expert. And so important that the client doesn't feel like they have to take care of their therapist. Oh yeah, totally. That's a totally. huge red flag. Mm-hmm. If you're going into therapy and you feel like you are there to take care of your therapist at any point, right? that's a huge red flag. Something we'll say it. Out. Right. So if you're the client yes. and you come in, you should be able to tell your therapist, I'm struggling because I feel like I have to take care of you. Right. Right. Then that's one thing. But if you feel that that is being supported by the therapist, that yes, you do have to take care of me. Right. Then that's a huge problem. Right. Absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, you talk about this part about there's certain things that like when you see them, you know, right? Like, so when I was nine months pregnant right. in the room, it's hard because people are like, oh, how are you feeling? Especially right. like other moms that knew it was my first child. And wait, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What was your, <laughs> what was your answer every time? It was amazing. Fucking miserable. I would be like, very honest with you. You would be like, I feel like fucking garbage. <laughs> I would hear it because it would and be the end of that the That was it. I'd be like, oh, you feel like fucking garbage. But like, it's really great seeing you today. Like, and like, that was it. Like, it wasn't like. It wasn't like. But, but everyone I would say that to was also moms mm-hmm. who were saying like, yeah, this part sucks, doesn't right. it? Right. Right. Right? Like, and that. That was the it. But if it would ever go farther, I'd say, like, oh, thank you so much. I have a great support team. I have a wonderful therapist, and I have a place to vent, right? So I would redirect it for them to know, thank you so much for asking. I also have support. I'm cool. Right. I don't need you to take care right. of it. And it was right. always I appreciate your thoughtfulness. Yes. I appreciate your consideration because you're human and I'm human. Yep. And now I can spend the next 15 minutes taking Absolutely. care of you. Absolutely. Yes. And, and it was always at the end of session. Yes. Because that's when I would hear it, obviously. Yeah. As your door was open. But in general, <laughs> like, yeah, as they're walking out. But in general, I mean, you see how I greet my clients yes. in the waiting room. I'm like, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl, let's out. I love your outfit. Like, so like, well, okay, because you know what's so interesting, though? Like, if we think back through, like, history, like, you brought up Carl Rogers, but, like, people often think about, like, Freud. Mm. That was a completely one-sided relationship. Really? And the history, especially because it's a very, when we look back at all the really famous therapists, for a, for a very woman-dominated field, now, 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 now it was right. always male before. Right. And it was more of a patriarchal male idea to be very boundary and to not be warm. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, some of the issues with some of the theories is that, like, they feel sexist to some people take away some of the culture around feminism and um, bonding and comfort. And so if you think back, people were being trained in a different way before, and now it's just different. But we also have to be really careful that we're not shifting the pendulum 
too far mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, my therapist is coming to my graduation party. Right. Yeah. Or well, my therapist is coming to my wedding or my therapist is coming to my baby shower or like that's not okay. And that should never happen. Right. So, but you brought up a good point, M, and that actually brings us into thinking about like sifting through different therapists and what kind of therapist feels right for you. Yeah. Right. Because the, some people really want a boundary. Right. They would want someone who says like, well, this is about you, not about me. And that's up to every person to decide for themselves. That's the thing is therapy is about you. If it's the right fit for you to have some really boundary, then go on with your bad self. Well, but I want to be clear too, because every therapist should have boundaries. Oh my God. Yes. Right. So it's just right. a matter of how yes. rigid, and rigid I guess, or how are. clear the boundaries are. But if we are, take the example of like, the person you did an evaluation with, maybe right. somebody would have liked someone who totally put it back on there. I don't know if there's a therapist for each client, I guess. Yeah. So, so but the Freudian method, so I have gone to therapists that practice very like psychoanalytic like yes. therapeutic relationships. And so it was, they would not respond at all mm. to, you know, they would just be very stoic. And the Freudian method is basically like everything that you say um, is a reflection of you and what's going on for you. So if the therapist responds to you and it takes that away, right, that they are um, influencing, you. influencing you in some way, right? So that's a very kind of old world way of doing therapy. And so, to really sift through the... But it's still being used over time. It's still being used. Yeah. Yeah. And And I agree. I think that there is kind of a a lid for every pot, I guess. That's how we could say it, right? That, and... And also, at different points in your life, if you're going to therapy at different times, you may find that something works better at, at one spot yeah, than right. another. Right. And it's important to think about, the reality is, is that 50 minutes that are just about you is a gift. Nowhere else in our world do we have that. Right. I know. I, I mean, have you got clients that have come in and said, can I just lay here in silence for yes. 50 minutes? Yes. They're and like, I'm I would like, like yeah, me now. too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sure. right. And that's true because, like, what, like, you give in a lot of ways is, like, very priceless to just hold space for somebody for right. 50 minutes because nowhere else in our life is that we just have space for you. So, which I think, and I don't even know if I'm jumping ahead in our, our agenda I for that's today. That's okay. That's all right. We support you. If you're going to be a therapist please, for the love of God and all that is good in this world, go to therapy. Yes. Please, dear God. I don't know be how. A I be don't a know. You have to. You, 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 you can't. can't. Feels on the other you side. can't. I, also, I don't know how you could ever. Here's what we believe over at Westchester Therapy Group. And I think therapy would bring. Sign me up. Right? <laughs> I think that. Which really, actually is Brin Sisipio LMFT. Oh, so I'm sorry. So, I'm so sorry. We're working on. Um, Everything changing the domain name. But, yeah. but the website is still there. Sure is. Okay. I'll make sure everyone knows exactly where it finds her. Okay. Um, but one thing to think about how we believe, especially when we hire on new clinicians, bring people through, we think that I can't go farther in my work with my client if I haven't done that work myself. Right. And so for clients, that doesn't mean that your work has to be nope. the same as their work. Absolutely. So we have to be really clear. Just like an oncologist doesn't need to have cancer Absolutely. to treat cancer patients. But you have to have that experience of being the client, of being really uncomfortable, yeah. of trusting a complete stranger. Because let's be real, that's what we are. Yeah. Right? Trusting a complete stranger, forming those close relationships, and really doing that inner work. Uh, reflecting on yourself, looking at your relationships in your life, you have to do it. Or else, how else could you speak 
authentically yeah. to the clients that you're working with. And I think it also lends itself to the more work you do as a therapist, the less you're projecting your own issues onto your clients. Yeah. Right. Right. So if you haven't worked through your own stuff, if your clients are bringing up something that triggers you, it's going to be harder for you to hold that boundary and respond to yeah. them right. in a more objective way because you're bringing your own stuff into it. So it's also to, to note is that if you're a therapist who goes through supervision, which is different than yes, totally therapy, different. Totally, totally different. different. It doesn't mean your supervisor should not also be your therapist. Yes, exactly. Correct. There's another clear boundary but it's for anyone to, in the field. Exactly. So there's something to remember though that um, if your therapist is in supervision, it doesn't mean that they're not like highly trained and great professionals. It means that they're doing due diligence to keep educating themselves and keep growing in the field. Would you hire a personal trainer who also did not exercise? Right. It would be so weird if you did. Maybe you would know. Yeah, you might not know. Maybe you would know. And we're done. That's it. Would you hire a personal trainer who clearly could not walk up a flight of steps without having an asthma attack? Right. 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 And can I say something? I had this (laughs) so random. I had a dentist growing up that had horrible teeth, and like I remember going to the dentist as a child and as an adult is fucking horrible either way. But I can remember being like. But his teeth are so bad, and you make me go into my parents. I think bad teeth can be genetic. But in my head, I did not trust this guy. That's a good point. It's also like when you go to a hairdresser. You know how their hair always looks nice? Yeah, they better look nice. They better look nice. (laughs) But if it doesn't look nice, you're like, shit. Right. What did I get myself into? Right. Like, even if they're because even on a bad day, your hairdresser's hair should always look better than yours on a good day. Absolutely, and it usually does if you're going to the right hairdresser. Right. Okay, so then that's a great example. So then, do you think it could be a red flag if your therapist is always late and looks disheveled and is struggling to be focused and seems like a mess? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that was an easy answer. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the deal. Life happens, yeah, right? right? So if your therapist is running late here, running late there, like, I get that, right? If some days they wear a ponytail versus other days they clearly, like, had a blow dry and, you know, got it all together. Or some days there's more makeup and some days there's less. Like, we're human. Yes. Like, that's um, life. But your therapist should not be rolling in in pajama pants, you know, looking like they haven't slept in three days, things like that. And Chronically double booking. Yeah. I had an incident just this past week where I double booked and I've I just it. had a heart attack. It's, I, it. But it, it's, I was almost thankful because of one person was a client and another person was a supervisee. Oh, so, so the supervisee, um, God bless them, was way more understanding. Right, you know, they've probably I, done it before too. I, we I make know, mistakes. I, I mean, yeah. We're caught humans. We right, make mistakes all the time. Horrible. So, you know, sometimes I, I've heard of agencies intentionally double booking <gasps> because they have such a high no-show rate that they would intend. Now, obviously, this is completely unethical. But yes. they would intentionally double book so that way they could get as many clients in as possible. Wow. And then, I, so my question was like, well, then what do you have, what do you do when both people show up? And I was like, oh, we're going to figure it out. No, no, okay. No. You know. That's okay. Because also, when clients are coming into therapy, they're preparing to have yeah. right. this, like, open, vulnerable experience. Right. Well, some people with the babysitters, some people with yeah, the child. Yeah, it's a Yes. Right, like that. Right. Right, like that is really hard. They've mentally prepared themselves. And they can shut you down. Yes. If you're going in and you're like, I'm going to open up and we're going to talk about this today, and then you don't have your session. And once again, these things happen. But if it's happening consistently, it's something right. to really consider. Right. And I also think if you find that your therapist is like having very strong reactions to you. Yeah. That's another thing that I would say is a red flag. 
I've actually heard that. I've had clients or even friends who have said they've gone into therapy and their therapist has yelled at them. Shut I up. swear to God. I actually just talked to someone last night who said yelled their therapist them? yelled at them. I don't know. It was something like, and, and you have to think about, okay, is it, are they setting boundaries or like, how are they yelling at them? I feel like unless you're killing a puppy in the waiting room, it seems very unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so, okay, such so, a strong reaction. So I obviously do not mean to discount anyone else's experience, right. but I think we also have to take into consideration what's happening for the client. Right. And was it actually yelling? Right. Or do they feel it? Or do they feel that it was yelling? So I, I mean, there's many, you know. Right. And so... If that ever happens, to also process it with your therapist. Yes. You know, to bring it up in session and be like, this is how I felt about this. Right. Right? And then you can process through it because there's going to be rifts in therapy. Right? You might have rifts with your well, therapist, right? Well, I, I would even just think about someone who may work with both of you, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say someone is actually an appropriate match for Jen. They need someone who's very... Um, more quiet and toned down. Oh, but is they, that not me? But they end up getting connected to Emily, and then M is like, "What the fuck?" And then they're like, "Oh my god, she's yelling at me!" But you're yeah, not. Right. That's just you. Uh-huh. But you, they would maybe perceive you very different, right? Yeah. Jen, I'm pointing. You can't point on these things, right? It's so true. See you. But at least you you let them know you're pointing. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think that's really true, right? Like. Uh, we have personalities to like we're we're humans that happen to be therapists. Right. And to keep that totally well, we're humans that have worked really hard to be therapists. I guess that's very yes. true. And therapy such a, such a good reframe. Right? Such a good reframe. Well, that's why I'm here, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I really believe that being a therapist is a vocation. This is a calling. This is not, yes. oh, let's just see what's going to pay the bills, right? Yes. That you really have to put, because when we show up as therapists, we put our all into, you yes. should be, if you're yes. a therapist who's listening and you're not putting your all into every client, get yourself into supervision and therapy. Yes. But, you know, we really put our all into it. And if we're not showing up for our clients, therapy's not working. Yeah. So it's not like... Um, or some other profession, you know, I don't want to downplay accountants, but I always feel that they're just like the 180 from therapists mm-hmm. that we just go in and we plug in numbers and th- at the end of the day, if the numbers add up, they do. And if they don't, we just fix them tomorrow. Yes. You know, so what if someone feels like their therapist is doing that to them? Because I think there's some therapists that go, it might be burnout, burnt out. Mm-hmm. If they're totally overworked, they're burnt out. Or if they follow like a really, really structured theory. Well, so first, I think at any point in time, if therapy is not working for you as the client to say something to your therapist, right, whether it's I really appreciate this type of approach or, you know, I know that we've been talking about X, but I'm going to start talking about A today or I was really uncomfortable when, you know, we talked about this topic last week um, or I want more feedback from you or I want less feedback from you. I just want to be able to vent. Anything that you bring to a therapist that you're not comfortable with, if you're working with a good therapist, should be able to respond to you and explain exactly the reasons why they're doing what they're doing in session. Yeah. Which is why when I have clients that are coming to us for therapy, every single client gets a free 20-minute phone consultation. Mm -hmm. And it's for them to ask us any questions that they have about us. And I encourage them. Ask me about the clients that I've worked with who are raised by addicted parents. Ask me about spouses that I've worked with whose um, partners were, you know, in early stages of recovery. Ask me about how I've helped get people clean. Like, 
ask me all of these things because if I can't tell you, then I shouldn't be doing this job. Right. Right? And if you bring something to your therapist where you're like, listen, I would like to do something different or, you know, I want to switch gears and your therapist is offended or kind of steers you in a way where it feels like it's more on their agenda, Mm -hmm. then that's something to consider too, right? Because it's your time. But to also, you know, that as therapists, we're trained in, you know, a million different ways. And of course, we have ideas about, you know, which direction to go in. But it should be a very collaborative process. And if your therapist can't give you what you want, so say, for example, the framework that I utilize a lot of times is contextual family therapy developed by Ivan Naj, and it is deep, deep, deep work, right? So if I want some, if I have someone that comes in and really wants to heavy, um, heavily focus on CBT, I may end up referring them out, right? Because that's what's best for them. Mm-hmm. It's not about me, you know, whipping out my textbook from grad school 15 years ago and saying, "Oh, let me read the chapter on CBT." Right. Right. That's not what I focus my studies on. So. thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization 
location. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. All right, so this is amazing. So let me ask you guys this. There's so many therapists out there. How the fuck do you even find one? Because this is all amazing work. Once you've found one, you're in the room. But well, how, how do you go back? What are your thoughts about finding a therapist? Well, first I would say you either go to Westchester or you guys. <laughs> and that's it. And, and that is it. it. And it will save your life. <laughs> but for all those people who unfortunately are no, not seriously. Okay, so here's the deal. This yeah. is really, really, really important. I was helping a close friend find a therapist not that long ago. And they wanted a family therapist because there was family things happening, right? So I, they wanted to utilize insurance. I said, fine. I said, go. I said, I don't know who takes what. Like, that's too yeah. that's too much yeah. to know. Right? I said, I know who's good and I know who's bad, but I don't know who takes what. <laughs> so I said, go online, type in your insurance, and email me the list of people that are your providers. So okay. if you want to find someone who's in network, that was go to your insurance provider's website. You can type in your, area, your uh, zip code. And they will provide you with a list of in-network providers, correct? They will. Yes. However, here's here's my here's the second piece of that is that as I'm going through this list, they wanted a marriage and family therapist, right? Good. So right. people who are coming up as that that do family therapy are not trained marriage and family therapists. They're of another credential that are clearly not trained in systemic work, and several of them I knew, and I would strongly advise trying to be really PC here but I would strongly advise against going to see them and so I thought to myself wow how does someone because if you just typed in family therapy and and Joe Schmo comes up on the top of the list you're like okay Joe Schmo let me give you a call we see the same thing all the time with sex therapy too people who don't train sex therapy say they do sex therapy this is what I would say to clients that are looking for a therapist if you want to use your insurance you can go ahead and get that list Get questions together when you call. Yes. Ask as many questions as you need to to feel comfortable. If therapists, I've heard of horrible stories where therapists don't even call people back, which I think is completely, I'm like, we're in the helping profession. You can't even return a phone call. Right. Really? Um, Someone cut off a client in the middle of them speaking and said, I'll have to call you back. Never called them back. Um, Someone's not interested in asking your questions and answering your questions, or they want you to come in and answer all of your questions in a session that you pay for. Right. No, that's not okay, which is why we do the free consultation, right? Ask me as many questions as you need to for you to feel comfortable, because if you're not coming in feeling comfortable, then we're... We're already starting out on a bad foot. And also you know? feeling connected to your ther- therapist over the phone. Right. You know, sometimes you talk to people and you feel connected to them exactly. even over the phone. Exactly. If you're on the phone call and you feel uncomfortable, it feels off in some way, that's something to consider too. Right. Or you feel distracted. Like if you're a therapist who's doing a phone consultation, you shouldn't be doing it while you're at home at five o'clock making dinner for your family and the dog's barking and you got to run the vacuum. Right. Well, it's not even HIPAA compliant if you have family. Well, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole other thing, right? Yes, yes. But you should, 
if you don't, if you can't tell that the person you're talking to is dedicated to you yes. and that they're fully interested in what you're saying, you know, if they're just yeah. kind of like blowing you off during the phone conversation. Yeah. But also, also keep it in mind, right? That like we are allowed to have boundaries with our life and family too. Like I've had people call me or email me before and I'm like, oh, let's set up a phone consultation. Right. But I'm not able to have that time until 24 hours later. And oh, just, right. Like, right. Well, somebody else called me and got me in immediately. Okay. And like well, then, that's, for you. that's right. great, right? right? But like sometimes it does take a little bit of time. And I know that can be really frustrating because a lot of people that call are in crisis. Yeah. I, I can't even tell They should have called three years ago. Yeah, I can't right. even tell you how many couples I hear from that say this is our last ditch effort. Right. If it's no your, pressure. If it's your, if it is your last ditch effort, I can't help you. If this is it, it is so that there was a study a while ago that said like people should have gone to, by the time people actually make the phone call. Oh, it was like it was like seven years. They should have gone years, there yeah, seven, seven years prior. Seven for years couples when yeah. they started having the conversation of maybe we should see a counselor together. Seven fucking years later, and it's so obvious when they come into yes. therapy mm-hmm. how long ago they should have come in. Right, but I think the tough thing is too is that when whether it's couples or individuals are going to certain therapists and they have bad experiences, then they assume that oh, all yeah. therapy is going to be well, like that. It can traumatize you. It really is. Really, yeah. Oh, to say it's really scary to put yourself out there like that. I can't tell you how many clients I have seen that after a period of time of working with me, they go, oh, this is what therapy is supposed yes. to be like. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I can't that, even, yeah. I can't. So, really? so that's, so, okay. So for the... For the clients, or I guess individuals, because they're not clients yet, who have never been to therapy, Mm -hmm. I think it's important we talk about, like, what should they expect going into therapy? Well, I mean, kind of everything that we've been talking about, right? They should expect your undivided attention. They should expect that there's... I think you should expect to talk more in your first... If your therapist is talking more than you in the first session, I think that could be a red flag. Well, what I do, so when clients come in for their first session, I say to them, you know, this is what we talked about over the phone. Where do you want to start today? Yeah. Like, what feels good for you? Do you want to talk about what well, we talked about on the phone or something? Right. And, and then people I, usually go through um, what our legal obligations are. Like, there's, there's oh, right. beforehand where you say, like, hey, listen, if you tell me you're going to hurt yourself or someone else, like, there is right. a little part in the beginning that you typically go over. You can't, you know, that type of stuff yeah. is normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I would tell clients is uh, they'll say, well, I want to talk about X, Y, and Z. And I'll kind of give them a warning. I'll say, okay, um, I will probably cut you off yes. as we go along because I need to ask questions to gain more information and to have a clear assessment of what we're doing here and what's the priority. And, right? So, like, when I say, like, they talk more than you, if they're talking about their, you know what I mean? Like, if they take up more, I think asking questions is normal, especially because the work that we do. So, all of us are LMFTs, we're licensed marriage and family therapists, which means we look a lot at your family of origin. We ask mm-hmm. about uh, past generations, even before your parents. Right. It's typical for us to get that information to assess because everything happens within context. Right. That's different than somebody taking a full 30 minutes to talk about, I don't know, their shit, right? Their theories or... Cause that is, so here's the thing. At the beginning, we're just gathering information yeah. about you. We have to like get the to first know couple you. sessions, right? For, right. Yeah. right. For right. the first couple, we just have to figure you out because we have to tailor our approach to exactly who you are and what you're looking for. Right. So in order for us to do that, we have to just gather information a ton, right? So that's pretty much what we're doing at the beginning of therapy. Right. Not completely agree. So if they're working with a marriage and family therapist, they should expect to, at some point in time, share information about their family history, 
looking at uh, identifying family patterns, constructing yeah. a genogram, which I explain to clients is like a fancy scientific family tree yeah. that highlights relationships. And I've had people be like pissed, like, like why do I have to talk about my parents? <laughs> this is not, but like right. they get like sort of defensive. Right. And I'm like, well, I guess there's something there. Sort of tells me something. Don't have anything about your parents. Right? There could be something. So key light bulb. Right? So, so like, what about like myths you'd like to dispel about therapy? Um, it's not all your mother's fault. Right? <laughs> we want to talk about this. The mother's in mother. the really want right. to know that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Your mom is trying her best every yeah. day. <laughs> and she With loves kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not all my fault. Right. <laughs> um... I don't even remember the question. What did Myths. you say? Myths. Myths. To okay. Like, I saw great one online the other day. Yeah. It was, um, you don't expect to feel better when you leave the session. Oh, no. That's a good people one. think, that, oh, like, oh, I yeah. should feel better when I walk out the door. A lot of times, that's not how it feels. A lot of times, we're opening stuff up. And, and the work in therapy should also be done outside. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I, so this yes. is like a phrase that I have that I tell all my clients. I am chronically trying to work myself out of a job. Like, right. if I'm yeah. doing my job seriously, I should never see you ever right. again. Not so it may take a long time. Yeah. You may be with me for an extensive period of time, but I really am trying to give you every single possible tool, explore every potential relationship, so that way, as you go out into the world, you are able to really face adversity, to speak up for yourself, and to feel like you're living a congruent life, which is where basically your insides just match your outsides, right? But I, I really am trying to... To always work myself out of a job because we're not trying to keep you in therapy. No, I don't want you to become so dependent where you're like, I can't communicate with my spouse unless I'm sitting in front of Bryn, or I can't make decisions right. unless I'm sitting in front of Bryn. Yeah, not okay, totally not okay, right? Like, we don't want to keep you in therapy forever. I think that's another myth is that like we want to keep our clients in therapy in order to be at a job. No, no. I mean, look around you. How many people in the world do you think should be in therapy and versus we, how many people go? Like, believe me, there's plenty of people out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and right. we went into this profession to help people. Right. Right. To not, like, keep them stuck. No. I think another piece We're is, not, like, cult leaders. Right. We're right? not. Right. Yeah. We don't want to just keep you there forever. Right. So we'll dispel the myth. Therapists are not cult leaders. Not cult leaders. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also to understand that... Um, you know, we really do want to help you. We do want to connect with you. We're human beings, right. and um, we actually do care about you. This isn't just a job for us. No, I care so deeply about my clients, and this pro- this could probably speak to the boundary thing as well. There's a lot of things that happen in my everyday life when I'm not sitting in the chair that I'll go, oh, this client told me about this TV show, or oh, this client had this on the other day, right. now I see it at Target. That's completely normal. Yes. What's not normal is if I'm then texting my client or calling my client saying, hey, I'm in Target. We're about the same right. body size. Did you get a medium or a right. small? Right. Like, not okay. Right. right? <laughs> or if I'm texting my client like, whoa, I saw that episode. That was really crazy. Have you seen the next right. one? Like, totally not okay. But it wouldn't be that weird that in the next session you say like, oh, I did happen to... Right. Land no. on that television show. Yes. Thanks for the record. It was great. Right. Like, all of my clients know that I have this obsession with serial killers. Right. So, they, Ted, well, FYI, Ted Bundy and I do have the same birthday. It's coming up oh, November 24th. That tells us yeah. everything. What do you think that does. means? Well, I think that we're just equally as charming. I just right. Like the, 
right way. Right. And he correct. went the wrong yes. way. Um, but my clients are so cute because they'll say, oh, have you heard of this serial killer? You know, or did you watch this show? Or, like, I watched that show Mindhunters and Ed oh, yeah. where I, like, well, I shouldn't say that because it's actually still alive in California. Oh, he's a serial killer. Um, but the guy who plays, yeah, but the guy who plays him on Mindhunters is fantastic. So I'll have a client that maybe has also watched Mindhunters and will say that guy was amazing. I'm like, I know he was so good. Right. Like, so like, it's normal right. to have, and then we'll go into therapy. Exactly. Right. And it's normal at the beginning and the end of the session to have some pleasantries. And part of it, I think, Emily helps with what you were saying, where when you leave therapy, you don't always feel good, yeah. right? Right. So if we have those pleasantries in we the have beginning and the end, yeah. it kind of helps close things up for the client. Where maybe we had a really difficult session. Yeah. We talked about things we haven't talked about before. Some really painful experiences came up and. Having that, instead of just saying, okay, see you later, good right. luck with that, now you're yeah. like wide open and exposed, it's a way of kind of closing it softly, so that way the work was done, but you can feel safe and emotionally comfortable navigating through the rest of your week. And also, like, a great thing to do is, like, if you know that you sometimes struggle after a session, think about, like, what you're planning after your sessions. Can you leave enough time after mm-hmm. a session to mm-hmm. take a walk? Right. Can you, I know I had a client that um, doing her dishes really made her feel better, so we were doing a lot of trauma work, and um, she would leave her sink full of dirty dishes. To, do you know that? So do you know that when they are training therapist in sand tray therapy with children, wet sand and the water is very healing for trauma. Interesting. That so makes a lot of sense. That she would go home and do the yes, dishes. Yes, that actually makes a ton of sense to me because there's an amazing, if you have, have either of you read um, the, uh, the Empath Survival Guide? Yes. Yes, it I'm is. Sure. I, have <laughs> I sure have. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, more on the Emily side of the spectrum. <laughs> I have read that yeah. front to back. So, right, so the Empath Survival Guide talks about water and the use of water. Right. So, like, often, like, taking a shower, go sitting by a fountain or a pond, right? Being in nature. Yes. So, if you know that after a session it can be difficult, think about what you want to pre plan to take care of yourself. Because I have so many clients that I found, um, I've had a few clients that they're like, oh, and I realized that I was getting McDonald's after every one of our sessions. Oh. I was emotionally eating. Oh, wow. Why are you like That'll that? you McDonald's. That's but so Jeez goddamn good. Fine, right? And, and so that's something that I like to keep in mind that we do part of the work, but the work's on you as well. Right. So if you know this is an ongoing trigger, take care of yourself, pre-plan. And talk to your right. therapist yeah. about it. To say, like, after every session... I struggle or I feel very emotionally yeah. vulnerable. Right. Like, what do I do? Wait, right. Brit is so amazing. We could talk with you forever. For the rest we'll of the time. We have, we have certain questions we have to get through. Okay. Because you're so amazing and we don't want to run out of time. Because we have a whole bunch of grad students. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. hey, hey listen what's up? and follow along. Hey, and we specifically had one amazing grad student. She is so fucking cute. Um, who wrote in and had some questions. So will you answer them? Really no. No, but her Instagram oh, okay. is effing adorable. And she's oh. very kind. So you don't know her IRL? I do. That's what the kids are teaching me. <laughs> What's IRL? In real life. Of course, Jake. I don't know. know any of these things. Yay! Look, look. That I feel so cool, him. Right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> such a cool mom. Do not know her in IRL, but love her okay. online. Mm. So here are some questions she asked. Are you ready? Lay it on me. Fire them. Okay. Fire them. Um, Brent, for people going to school to be therapist, mm-hmm. MFC, licensed mm-hmm. professional counsel, whatever, 
what extracurricular activities would you recommend to get yourself out in the professional community? So is this someone who's like looking to build a private practice or just to become connected and network? Um, I think they're just trying to meet people in the community. I don't think it's necessarily about private practice, but we can go into that as well. Just they also, the because they also asked about tips for private practice. So, well, wait, when you say about meeting people, I don't know I'm having such a slow comprehension here. Because meeting it's not people in the community, clear. like meeting other professionals, yes. you mean? Yes. Okay, yeah. So, I think you join your professional organization, right? So, you can join AAMFT, and actually, the Pennsylvania section of that, I just got an email blast the other day on May 1st. They are having a one-day conference up at, I think it's at DelVal College up in Bucks County. So connect with your professional organization and see what local chapters are available for you to um, connect with. And also AAMFT has started like interest groups. So I actually have emailed them because I want to start an addiction interest group. So I can connect with all marriage and family therapists that work with addiction. So it'll kind of be all over the country. Um, but I would recommend that. And also get involved if you're in grad school, get involved in your student organization. When I taught at LaSalle University, I know we had a really strong, um, and of course the name is escaping me right now, but group of students that would put together study time periods, not like study halls, but for the comprehensive exam, they would do kind of like um, little celebrations at the end of every semester. Any type of training that's coming up, this is really good. If you're a student or you want to volunteer to work the registration desk, you can get to a lot of trainings for free. And you can meet a ton of people. Talk to people. That. Don't just sit on your cell phone during no, great. Talk to people. Right. Put the cell phone away. And exactly. as a student, I mean, even if you're not running the registration desk, it's much cheaper. Oh, it's like thirty bucks yeah. as opposed to two hundred and fifty. So, like, do it take much advantage as you possibly of it. can, right? Because exactly. once you become a professional, right, rates go up. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So the next question was, what would be your tips for starting private practice? So, I really think that you need an incredible amount—not incredible amount—but I think you need a solid amount of experience. And I don't think that it necessarily works for all people to just graduate grad school. Uh, in you know May 2020 and then June 2020, you're hanging up a shingle saying, "Hey, <laughs> right?" But it doesn't work for all people. Me, but it doesn't work for all people, <laughs> right? So for some people, it may work, but it doesn't work for all people. So if you want tips for starting a private practice, I think you need to be very clear on who the clients are that you're going to work with. You can't say you're a jack of all trade. You know, there's a Facebook community groups that we're all a part of. And people will say, you know, um, oh, I need someone for anxiety. I do this. I need someone for depression. I do that. I need someone for addiction. I do that. I need someone for uh, kids with trauma. I do that. Like, you can't do everything. Right. Right. So figure out exactly what you want to do and what your niche, is that how we say Mm -hmm. that nowadays, Mm -hmm. is going to be. Okay. Tips for the self of the therapist. You need to have other therapist friends. And yes. you need to have non-therapist friends. Ooh, God, that good. that's a good I didn't one. expect that one. You wow. Did. To be All able right. to talk about your experience and then Everything. not talk about your experience. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> okay, Everything. so, Brayden, you've listened to the podcast before. Yes, I have. Guilty as charged. Are you ready so, for our game? Are you ready for personal versus professional? I was a little nervous we were going to do this today. Of course we are. <laughs> we're going to make you do it. Okay. Are you ready for your scenario? Yeah. Okay, so Britt, so you're a client. Okay. You're yourself, but you're a client. You're going in for a new therapist. Okay, so first session. First session. Uh-huh. Intake session. You go in, and they spend the entire session talking about themselves or checking their phone or doing, like, a lot of red flag behavior. Personal versus professional. What would you recommend that somebody does? Personally, how would you handle it? 
we have to be supposed to bear shoes. I know, I know. I kind of, honestly, so I kind of think they're one and the same. If I, if it is my bad. Because she's so goddamn congruent. Right. Brynn is, I can't No, you this not. will be the goal. This is okay. what I want people to do. If it's your first session and you walk in and you're nervous and your palms are sweaty and your therapist is on their phone, get up, do not leave a track and walk out the door. Don't pay up. Yep. That's like, what you would do? Or is it you recommending that to your... I would really try to do that. I think it would be really hard. I think that yeah. you'd feel like, oh my God, this is my therapist. Is this what is this what they're supposed to do? I've never been in therapy before. Right. I don't know what's happening. But I'm telling you right now, if that happens, get up and leave. So you think personally it would be a little bit more difficult to do I that? I think it would definitely be hard. Yes. I'd probably <laughs> sit there sweating bullets. I'd probably <laughs> be like, oh, write out the check reluctantly. I'd feel guilty about writing out yeah, the check. I think you call your husband and, get, and then you call your husband a bitch. Right. right. Get angry. I can't believe <laughs> And then he would say, well, why did you get up and leave? Right. right. And then yeah. would you ghost them? What would you do? Uh, so what I would do, honestly, at the end of the session, if they were like, would you like to schedule? I'd say, well, let me look at my calendar and I'll get back to you. Right. right. What yeah. would you recommend a client would do in that situation? Well, you can do that. I think you'd right. do whatever seems, whatever right. you feel most comfortable right. with. Right. You know? So that is the end of our podcast. Yeah. Oh Thank you for being here one more time. How can people find you? Because you're so amazing. So www.therapywithbrin, with spelled out, Bryn, B-R-Y-N-N.com. Um, I'm on Psychology Today, Bryn Sicipio, LMFT and Associates, C-I-C-I-P-P-I-O, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Just Google it. Google it. You'll find her. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we love I loved having it. you on. We'll have you on again for something else. I'll be here every time. Thank you for listening.